All right, well, today we finish our final of the message of the series, Soundtrack, Change Your Tune. We're trying to change the way we approach and think about our new year by changing and renewing our mind. Today, we're going to look at track five. And the track five and the negative soundtrack that often plays through our mind is, I can't do it. Did you ever come to that place where you can't do it, where you just aren't sure that you even want to do it? If you based, you've had some failures in the past, you're not sure you can move forward, you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with disappointment, you're dealing with insecurity, you're dealing with doubt. That's what we want to look at today because that soundtrack is what's going to hold us back. That soundtrack keeps us from moving forward. If you say you can't do it and you're looking ahead at this year at the things that God may have planned for you, we need to push through that by changing our tune. And as we've been talking about this whole series, we're looking at a verse that, that, that the Bible talks about and in different places is the power of renewing our mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, right? Let God transform you by changing the way you think, by renewing your mind, being transformed. And so how we think and how we process what's going on here and in our heart has a direct impact to the actions and the way that we live. And Psalm 40, verse 3 says he's put a new song in our heart. And that's the new song we're looking for, the new soundtrack that we can think in our minds, the thoughts that we have that begin to move us in a different direction. And so today, I want to talk about this, these negative loops, this negative loop that goes through our mind that says, I can't do it. I can't do it. And this soundtrack has a few different kinds of um, ways that it might evidence itself. Things like, what if I fail? Some of you are even just too scared to try. Sometimes we're just too afraid to even try to do something. I don't, or we say, I don't have the courage to take that on. We'll compare ourselves to others. I'm not as good as them. I've always been in the shadows. I don't know if that's for me. I'm afraid things will go wrong. I can't push through. I'm too timid to speak up. What's the use in trying? I can't do it. That's called stinking thinking. You've heard of that, right? <laughs> stinking thinking actually comes out of the recovery community, I think was the one that coined that phrase. But that idea of stinking thinking is that negative soundtrack. It's those things that we tell ourselves and we get stuck at, and they're actually those things that continue to contribute to addictive behaviors or those negative things that we are trying to overcome, and we get stuck in that loop. And some of us have some really bad stinking thinking. It reeks, as a matter of fact. And it's holding you back, and, and you get around, and sometimes you get around people who just have a lot of negativity, and you're just like, stop it, right? Like, oh, come on. Like, listen to yourself. Sometimes we don't even hear ourselves. Sometimes it's not just thinking, it's stinking speaking, right? We're, we're putting it out there, and we're not realizing the impact that that's having. And you've heard of the phrase, a, a negative, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? These are negative self-fulfilling prophecies. Now, it's not just, you know, you say something, it happens, but there is a link. As we talked about at the beginning of the series, we form these neural connections, that the more that we say something and believe it, and then we have the, the, the reaction that goes along with it, and eventually we realize that's exactly what's coming true. And then you get this position of, well, I'm just a realist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes realist is being a negativist, right? It's something that's not, you're not thinking about what's coming, what, what's happening ahead of you. And we start saying, I can never do that, or I can't speak in front of, or, I can't do this. And sure enough, you're not going to do it. You've already convinced yourself, what, why would you try to do anything different? And so we have these negative self-fulfilling prophecies, but we wonder, what is this holding us back from? The soundtrack, I can't do it. Just imagine, what, 
would happen if you didn't have that running through your head? What are the dreams you have, the relationships you have, the careers, the, the, the things that you could do, the new experiences you could have if you would just say, you know, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can move forward. But, you know, I can't or I could never find someone to love me. I could never have a happier, fulfilling marriage like those people. I could never have that kind of job. I could never have that house, that car, that vacation. I could never be a leader. I could never talk in front of people. I could never share my faith with somebody. I can't do that. I could never lead a life group. I could never play an instrument. I could never go on a, on a mission trip to Honduras. It's another country. You know what happens in other countries? I've got to stay in America where it's safe and where I know the food and, and it's predictable. I, I, <laughs> that's for other people. I could never do that. I could never get into that school or that program. I could never learn that new skill. I could never work out. I could never have a body like that. I could never be that healthy. I could never travel. Right? It holds us back from so many things. But where do these negative soundtracks come from? And we step back and go, what shaped that? What formed that? Was it a bad experience in the past? That happens a lot. You have one bad experience, and all of a sudden now you're kind of shell-shocked. You're not sure that you can move forward. You're not sure that you can keep going. It's voices from other people, things that have been said to us. Somebody else told, told us we couldn't do it, told us we're not good enough, told us that it's not possible, and we start believing it. And we start thinking, yeah, maybe that's true. And so we have this inability to see ourselves in this new situation. We can't imagine, again, that kind of relationship or that kind of marriage or, or starting that business or being in that different career or experiencing these things because of what we've had in the past. We think, I don't know, it's not possible. Or we make excuses. I, you know, I haven't had those kind of opportunities. It's been a lack of opportunities. There's been a lack of, you know, resources. I didn't grow up in that, you know, in that kind of neighborhood. I haven't been around that. And we make all kinds of excuses why we can't do something. But I think one of the biggest things that holds us back is just fear. It's just fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what's next. Fear of, of, of the worst case scenarios. Are, are any of you worst case scenario people? You know, somebody throws out an idea or you're ready to do something and your mind instantly goes to, well, here's all the things that could go wrong. <laughs> here's all the reasons why that couldn't work. And, and so we throw that out. Or maybe it's fear of embarrassment. I don't want to be embarrassed. None of us want to be embarrassed, right? Fear of rejection. What if I do it and, and you know, step out of my comfort zone and I'm rejected? Fear of failure. That's the big one, right? I don't even want to try because I don't want to experience failure. I don't want to lose my reputation. I don't want to hit financial ruin. Sometimes it's the fear just of sacrifice, the fear of the work that it's going to take, the fear of letting go of what's comfortable and what's known. Think about all the amazing things that never happened because someone said, I can't. Oh, think about it. Let me, let me list you all the amazing things that never happened because somebody said they can't. Wait, I can't tell you that. Because <laughs> they never happened. <laughs> The amazing things that never happen, we don't even know because somebody said they can't. And maybe they, who knows what's out there? Who knows what's sitting right here amongst us that God wants to do in you and through you? But because we can't, because of our fear, the things holding us back, we, those, those things never happen. And God has placed it in you for that very purpose. But I can tell you some stories and some things that did make a big impact. I can tell you about a man who failed in business, who lost his fiance, he suffered a nervous breakdown, he was defeated for state legislature, he was defeated for U.S. Congress, he suffered again a lot of financial struggles, and we know and love him as Abraham Lincoln. 
If you've known some of that story, maybe you've heard some of that, and you think, you know, here's who he is, and here's what he said. Abraham Lincoln said, my great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with failure, right? He overcome, he, if, had he stopped along any of those ways, who knows what would have happened in our na- nation, right? But the story was that he didn't begin. What about, what about this guy, right? You know him well. He was cut from his high school basketball team, right? Faced many setbacks and many criticisms throughout his NBA career, many defeats, many struggles, none other than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Let's see, when I say the name, there we go. Michael Jordan, right? And here's what he said. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. He didn't stop. Past failure wasn't what held him back. And what about this guy that failed thousands of times before successfully inventing the electric light bulb? Thomas Edison, what did he say? Thomas Edison, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. (laughs) That's a great perspective, isn't it? To change our thinking and our failure. And had he stopped, I just can't do it. It's not possible to create light out of this device. Where would we be? And then I think about this person. She was divorced, jobless, a single mother of an infant. Severe bouts of depression. She was writing And 12 major publications rejected her project. And then she became the best-selling author of the best-selling series of all time, 600 million copies, none other than J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Overcoming incredible challenges. She She says, rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. See, we think failure, we think struggle, we think fear, we worry about what's next that's going to hold us back. We can't move forward. We say, I can't do it. And I wonder, what is the potential within us that God has placed within us and with you? And what's here in this room? What's here watching online that that God wants to do in us if we got over the stinking thinking, if we got over this mentality that there is an amazing opportunity ahead of us? How do we change that soundtrack? God's word has so much to say for that. And so I want you to think in your mind right now as we talk about this, and maybe you've already placed it there, what is it that you are afraid to tackle? What is it right now in front of you that you want to quit and say, I can't do it anymore? What is it that you're facing that you're just saying, I can't, I can't do it, or I can't believe in it? Let's put that in our minds and let's bring that before God and say, God, I want you to speak into that. So today I want to look at a key verse that we're going to come back to throughout. It's 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. It says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Now just leave that up here for a moment. I taught this verse way back. Shannon will remember it. We were youth pastors, and uh, we were te- so about 25 years ago, and I think we even did a whole series on this, so we kept teaching about the verse over and over. And I don't know if our students remember it. I know you still remember it. I remember I, uh, the way we said this verse was this way, so that we would remember it. It was, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, of love. And of self-discipline. 
And we would repeat that over and over and over again. So just so that I'm not hanging alone here, I want you to say that with me, all right? So, so that, we get this, that we can learn this verse from 2 Timothy 1.7, where, where Paul is teaching his young apprentice about how he is supposed to approach his life and his ministry and the courage that he has. And he says, so God, let's say it together, so God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Okay? You'll never forget that, right? All right, we gotta, this is how we remember Scripture, but, but there's so much here. He has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. And how many of us go around with a spirit of fear and timidity? We're lacking courage and confidence. We're hesitant. And life has done that to us. There's situations that we've faced, and, and so we become resistant. We become hesitant. And we're fearful and we're timid. But you know what? God has not given us that spirit. That spirit does not come from God. Why? Because God doesn't accomplish what he wants in this world through fear and timidity. The work of the church, the mission of God, the the, the love in this world, the things he's called us to do not happen out of fear and timidity. And yet that's where many of us are. And that's normal. It is. One thing we're going to find out here, that's not unusual. That doesn't mean God can't use you. But fear and timidity, where does that come from? And, and how do we deal with that? The Bible is full of examples. Think about Moses and Gideon and Esther and, and Peter. There's lots of different characters that begin with fear and timidity. Let me just pull out two of the ones that I just mentioned. Moses, right? God calls Moses the burning bush experience, right? And he says, Moses, you're the one who's going to go back to Egypt. You're going to free the people. I'm calling you. I'm using you. And you know what Moses' first response was? Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I can't do it. <laughs> Look, God, who am I? What you're asking me to do, what you're calling me to do, I'm not your guy. And God says, no, 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 you go. I promise I'm going to be with you. We're gonna, you're the man. I want you to do that. I want you to lead them out. But Moses still continues to, to resist. Exodus 4, the next chapter, 10 to 13. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. And God, you're calling me to go speak to Pharaoh to try to free an entire nation out of slavery? I'm not your guy. I can't do it. Spoiler alert, he did it. <laughs> what happened? What, what did God move in him that moved him past this, this point in this place? He began to tap into the understanding, that spirit of God in him. Or I think about Gideon. Now, there's a time of war between the Israelites and the Midianites. The, the Midianites were, were just destroying the Israelites. And they were coming in and they were raiding when, you know, their, their lands. So the, the, the Israelites were hiding, it says, in caves. Or they were, when they were preparing food or threshing wheat, they were, they were like in pits. They were trying to hide from others because everything was maraudered and it was just a difficult time. And in that moment, we pick up a story about Gideon where the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And when the angel appears to him, Gideon is in, the, in this like pit and he's threshing wheat. He's like hiding. He's, he's fearful. And the Lord approaches him and he comes to him. He says, uh, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Imagine being Gideon going, mighty hero. I'm like hiding in this place. I'm fearful for my life. I don't think that, you know, we're just trying to stay alive. Mighty hero, I think you got the wrong address. You must be talking to somebody else. But then he's called forward to lead the people, to go and to lead a charge in an amazing way, but, but he's still struggling. And, and here's, how, here's how he responds in Judges 6.15. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Look what he says. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, 
and I am the least in my entire family. Look, you've got the wrong guy. Out of all the tribes, I'm part of the weakest tribe. And out of that weakest tribe, my family is like the weakest. And in my family, like, I'm like the last one you'd pick. He's afraid. He's timid. And yet God used him in a miraculous story as we read through the way he had to just learn his trust in God. And he went in power and strength and did exactly what God called him to do. I think the courage that we can take from these examples, even just these two, is that fear and timidity is not a disqualifier. It's a starting point. It's a starting point where many of us are. We are afraid and we are timid because the things that we are called to or the things that we face or the challenges in front of us are daunting. And maybe we've had experiences in the past where we failed or we realize our limitations and we think we can't do it and that, that, that's, a, that's a normal place to be. But I come to tell you today from 2 Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. That's not the spirit. When we go in that spirit, we don't accomplish. We can't move forward. Life doesn't move in a direction that God is intending for us to just cower and to hold back. But he's given us something else. What has he given us, right? A spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So we're going to look at the spirit, these three spirits, the spirit that God has given us, the spirit of power. You are powerful. I want you to say something. Say, I am powerful. How does that feel? I know it does. I am powerful. We have the spirit of power. We need power. When things in our life don't have power, we see it everywhere, right? When your phone goes into low power mode, everyone starts freaking out. Where's the power charger? If you've got an electric car and the battery's running low, or if you're driving with gas and the gas is running low, or if you haven't eaten in a while, or you're just feeling tired, or you've been sick for a while and your energy's sapped, right? It's hard when we're in low power mode to function and to do what God has called us. We can't face those challenges. And so many times when we bring our, our weakness, we live without power. Man, that's weak sauce. We bring weak sauce to the game. <laughs> okay? You're approaching life and just saying, I can't. And, and again, he's getting stuck in your head, that stinking thinking, and all that negativity is building up in there. But it says, no, God, we've been given a spirit of power, but we might go like Moses and Gideon. I don't have any power. And you're right. <laughs> you're right, it's not in our own power. And that's not that, that's not. What this is about, this isn't a, 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 a talk about just like, you know, I'm powerful just in myself. It's where does the spirit of power come from? God's given it to us. Look at Ephesians 1, 19 to 20. This is mind-blowing. It says this, and I also pray that you will understand. I just pray you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. I just want you to understand this. Paul's right. I just, I just I want you to get this. I want you to grasp this amazing power. And here's what this power is. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of highest honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen, the power, that same power. Remember the we're celebrating Easter coming up here where we talk about he was dead and he was put in a tomb and he rose again? That same power is in you and it's in me. That's the power we have access to. So it makes me wonder, are we the clogged arteries? Are we the ones who are just not allowing that to come through, and yet here we are timid and fearful? I can't do it. I'm afraid. I get it. I feel that at times too, but that's why we need a different soundtrack. I am powerful. I'm powerful because of the God who is in me. And that's exactly what it says here in Colossians 1.27. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. 
This isn't just going, going on our own strength and our own power. It's Christ living in us that renews us, that, that brings us that life, that gives us that power. What is it that you're facing that you need to have that power? And to understand and realize that God is with you to face that challenge. He's given us a spirit of power. But he's also given us a spirit of love. Love. Now that almost seems to contradict in some ways. It's like you got power and you've got love. They almost seem to not go together. Why is the spirit of power so important and the spirit of love so important? I think many times there's a couple of reasons I think we need the spirit of love. One is I think we beat ourselves up a lot. We can be really hard on ourselves for failures, for not trying or for not succeeding or just being too afraid. And sometimes we just need that spirit of love to remind us that we are loved that God is patient with us. Can we be patient with ourselves? That sometimes it's a process and things don't happen as fast as we want. We just need to have some love for ourselves and for the challenges that we're facing. But I think even more so, love is this idea that, it's our, that the spirit of, of love gives us the motivation. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it that I'm called to that we go in a spirit of love, not just in power, tearing things up and going crazy, but it's how we manage and navigate and channel that power to be love, love towards others, love towards the things that God has called us to. And that's why I think this greater purpose and vision, we need love to drive us in that. When I think about the story of Esther in the Old Testament, she was queen to the king, but being queen and one of many um, of, of his, the, the king's wives, she couldn't just have this you know, easy relationship with the king. She could only speak to the king if she was called in to, to the king. If she or anyone approached the king without being asked, they were in danger of their life. You don't approach the king unless the king invited you in. Well, she gets word that there is a plot to basically exterminate all her people. To exterminate the Jews, there's a plot by one of the higher-ups in the administration to take out all the people. And she's made aware of this, and her heart is burdened, and her heart is heavy, and she's overcome with this love for her people, but also this tension of, like, my life is at risk. My life is in danger. And so fear could have held her back, but here's, what, here's how she responded. We read about it in Esther 4.16. So she tells um, she tells her people, she said, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. I mean, that is some courage there. That is incredible boldness. But she's realizing, first, we're going to fast, we're going to pray, and I'm motivated out of love and the good and the calling for my people that I'm willing to risk my life. She didn't just go in power, go, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to tell the king. No, she understood, I have to go in the spirit of love, and I have to be motivated by what I am being called to. And love, if you think about it, love is the greatest power. It really is. As you think about it, as we read about it in Scripture, love is the greatest power. It was demonstrated by Jesus over and over again. The power to overcome the grave. Love is what mends a broken heart. Love is what returns a wayward soul. Love is what restores. Love is what heals. There's an amazing power in love. Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 8. He talks about this power of love. He says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, if you don't need to, I I didn't hear a single amen out of y'all. Do I need to read this again? Somebody online, tell me you you typed amen or you said amen at home. We got to wake these folks up here. The power of love. I mean, nothing can separate us. No power in hell can overcome that power. And yet we go in fear and timidity. I'm not sure. Do we really love our neighbors? Do we really love those around us? We need to be motivated and realize that spirit of love is in us. We have the spirit of power. We have the spirit of love. And now let's come to our most favorite spirit, the spirit of self-discipline. Nobody likes this one. Most of us don't like self-discipline. We don't like self-control, and we kind of go, what does this have to do with changing our soundtrack and this negativity and this idea of not being able to move forward? Because it's going to take some self-discipline. Nike just puts it this way, right? Just do it. Just do it. it. Right? We can have all the thinking and all the talking. We can make all the excuses why we don't move forward, and it would be easy enough just to say, just do it. Why don't we? Why don't we just do it? Just doing it sometimes, I mean, it gets us going But self-discipline is something that we really need to overcome the challenges and the obstacles when we hit a wall. I think about when, uh, when, when my kids come to me and they say, like, I can't do something. I feel bad for them because a few years ago I read this somewhere, I heard this somewhere. I think it was a dad would say to his kids, don't tell me you can't do something until, unless you spend at least four times trying. Or maybe it was even like four hours trying. The point was, don't let me just be the easy solution for you every time. The second you hit a roadblock that you quit, the second that you have a challenge, you stop. How do you continue to push through? Have you tried? Have you tried again? Have you tried again? Just this past, this, this past week, one of my girls wanted me to hook up and, uh, you know, she couldn't connect a device that she had gotten to, to, her, to her phone. And I was in the middle of something. She came in. She was frustrated and, and um, that she couldn't do it. I said, Dad, can you do it? And I was like, no, I, not right now. I got to do this. I'll take a look at it a little bit later. But I'm fully confident that you can figure it out. Between either reading the booklet that came with it or going online, how well do you think that was received? <laughs> right? And I, I, had, I finished up my work, and I gave it some time, and then later I, I went to her room, and I knocked on the door and was ready to say, like, hey, how's it coming along? Can I help you with that? And you know what she said? I got it hooked up, Dad. It's kind of, <laughs> it wasn't like I got it hooked up. It was a little bit like, yeah, I, see, but, but a few minutes earlier it was, I can't do it. I tried. I can't do it. Sometimes we need the self-discipline. We need the willingness to say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. It might be true for now, but is it true for always? It might be true for now. For example, like, how many of you uh, can't play guitar? How many of you can't play guitar? (laughs) Okay, that's true right now. Do you know that maybe by later this afternoon or evening, some of you may not need to raise your hand, that you could learn guitar, at least the first parts, within about a day? You can start within about a month. Does that always have to be true? Right? Noah, we'll teach them three chords. Three chords, and they can play, what, about like 85,000 songs. Right? That's true. That's why I love guitar. I mean, not saying that it's not difficult at higher levels, but I mean, just to start, right, it's not that hard. You have to just, but you got to start, and it's self-discipline. You might not be able to do it today, but in the future, you can. How many of us can't run a marathon today? (laughs) How many can? Where's Clay Hattie? He's, <laughs> we, got, we got a couple maybe here that can run it, right? But, but we, we can't. But do you know that maybe in six months to a year, a lot of us could, could maybe run a marathon? What's standing, what's standing in our way? 
for, for most of us, it's just the self-discipline to like walk around the block, then try to run around the block, and then try to add a mile, and to have the discipline to eat right and to do that. But if we did, if we simply did, had the self-discipline, we could do that. But the fear of, of the hard work, let's be honest, sometimes the, the fear of what, what it's going to take, we're not willing to do that. And what I love about this verse is that God's not just saying, like, just, you know, I'll take care of everything for you. He wants to do all these things through us. I want to give you the power. I want to give you the love. And you know what? Through my spirit, you're going to have the self-discipline to do that. It's in you to do that. It really is. God's spirit can help you. And I think God's slogan was more, less than Nike. It's probably more akin to Home Depot, right? You can do it. We can help. <laughs> I mean, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great slogan. Like, there's confidence. I'm confident. You, you can do it, but you're probably going to need a little bit of help. I'm going to come alongside of you. And so, so here's, here's what I read. When I read Joshua chapter, Joshua 1.9, here's what God is saying. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's saying, no, don't just find the you Be strong and courageous. I know you may not feel like it. I know you don't think you can do it right now. Be that way. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But why? It's not just this pep talk. It's because I am with you. You can do it. I can help. I am there with you. And self-discipline, we don't like to think of that as, as something that God brings. It seems to leadership principle, management principle, self-improvement. It's in the Bible. It's God saying, I'm going to give you that spirit of self-discipline. What are the fruits of the spirit? We read in the Bible in Galatians that, that, that our lives begin to evidence the fruit of our lives through the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-discipline, self-control, that, that is an evidence of God's spirit in us when we can begin to have empowerment over some of those things that we struggle with and the challenge that we have to move forward. So here we have those three powers. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. God's given you that spirit. Here's the thing, though. We sell ourselves far short of our potential and capabilities. Every one of us, including myself. I think we sell ourselves far short of what it is that we're capable of, of what God could do through us. We lack the imagination. We lack the vision. We lack the belief. We are far more capable than we think. But fear and timidity is holding us back. What does God want to do through you? We heard these amazing verses and, and then that God's spirit is empowering us to do these things. And, and why can't we seem to grasp that? I wonder if it's those soundtracks that keep running through our mind. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I failed before. What if this? What if that? It could never happen for me. It always happens for others. God, I know you put that in my life, but maybe for somebody else. I'm too old. Maybe that's for the next generation to tackle. I've done my time. I'm just going to curl up in a ball and stay home. That's easier. Fear and timidity. We talk a lot about, in church, and faith, believing in God. It's important. This is, so much, this is all contingent about God's spirit in us when we have received God's spirit. But have you ever thought about God believing in you? Now, I'm not talking about that he puts his faith in you for his salvation. Not at all but the belief that he has in what you're capable of. Let me share with you a couple of verses here. Ephesians 3.20. 
Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty what power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Right? We're not, we don't, there's things that God wants to accomplish. We don't even ask for them. We, don't, we haven't even thought about them. We're not even to that point. We, even as we stretch our thinking and we try to stretch our courage, we haven't even imagined what God wants to do in us and through us, through his mighty power at work. It's always contingent. God is with us in that. Here's Jesus, John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. When Jesus says, I tell you the truth, we all listen. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. But he doesn't stop there. And even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. Did Jesus do some pretty awesome things? Oh, yeah. Jesus is saying, you know what? You're going to do the same things. Uh, actually, you know what? You're going to do even greater things. You're going to do things that you can't even think or imagine. That's what we're capable of. That's what we're, the, the power that's in us. Why don't we hold on to that? Why don't we believe that? Why do we believe the lies and the things that we've heard in our head that I can't do it, I'm not capable? What is it that God would want to do in us when we hear these things and we say, you know what? You've got the spirit of power. You've got the spirit of love. You've got the spirit of self-discipline. Stop saying you can't do it. Get that soundtrack out of your mind. Delete that soundtrack and say, yes, I can. I am capable. It is possible. And so as we talk about soundtracks, right, it's not just don't use this soundtrack, but what is it that you're going to replace that with? Let me give you three verses that I think we've had lots of them already today, but use any of those, but use these as well. Maybe this is the new soundtrack you need to put in your head because it sounds a lot more like Jesus, sounds a lot more like his word than maybe what we're hearing. Matthew 19, 26. Here again, Jesus looked at them intently. He's looking intently. He says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. I mean, do you see where Jesus is trying to stretch our thinking? There's, there's so much more possible than what we think. And maybe in your mind, and other people doubt you and what you're capable of and what you're dreaming, what you're thinking, and you just have that soundtrack in your mind. Humanly speaking, I get you. Yeah, you're right. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. We already looked at this one earlier, but Joshua 1.9, an amazing soundtrack. That has been my soundtrack. I come back to this verse over and over and over again in my life. When I don't feel like it, be strong and courageous. Shut up and get in there, Mark. I don't feel it, I don't feel it, but my legs are moving, you know? I don't always want to preach, or maybe I don't feel ready, but, you know, 10.30 comes on a Sunday morning, and the, the, the video ends, and I can't just sit there. I, I got to get up. I got to go. Stop being afraid. Don't be discouraged or whatever it is in life. There are so many situations. I've come back to this over and over, but this reminder, for the Lord your God is with you. Be strong, courageous. Be strong, courageous. God is with me. God is with me. Be strong, courageous. You got this strong, courageous. God is with me. God is with me. Got the spirit of power. I'm powerful, right? That feels a lot different than, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. It changes your physical posture. It changes everything about you. When I come in here, I'm like, God, your word does not come back void. It's speaking through the power of what God is. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous. One more soundtrack you could use, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It doesn't just say I can do all things. I can do all things. I can. No, 
through Christ who gives me strength. God, you're with me. I, I'm struggling on my own right now. I don't know if I have the power to beat this cancer. I don't know if I have the power to, to work through this relational issue in my marriage or with my kids. I don't know if I can get through this at work, the things that are coming at me right now. I don't think I can handle this financially. God, I can do all things who gives me strength. I can do this, God. I've got strength right there. I can do all things, not I can't. I can. And that soundtrack really begins to change some things. I try to think about what would happen if we all lived and led and moved forward in the potential that Jesus sees in us that we don't have fear holding us back, what would be possible in this room alone and those listening online? What God might want to do in our lives, what he might want to do through our lives, and yet here we are fearful and timid. What could he do in the high schools with students and the middle schools who are are open about their faith and what God has done and not afraid? And that's really the context, right, of that 2 Timothy verse is, is that I'm not ashamed about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed about that. Or you at work. Oh, I can't say that at work. What are people going to think? I don't know. Be bold. You have the spirit of love. Step out in that. What is the dream God has put in you? You can go on that mission trip. You can leave this country and experience something you've never had before. Do it. Step over your fear. Step into that. What can you do in this church to to say, I'm going to lead a group. I'm going to lead a life group. I want to walk them through God's word and community, and I want to develop that. I want to pour into that different places of serving in the church or whatever it is. What's God putting in you? Where do you need that courage? What could be possible? And we've got to kick doubt and timidity and fear and discouragement. We've got to kick that stuff to the curb. We've got to put, you know, the giant mute button, right? <laughs> when you hear those things or the stuff that we've talked about over the last several weeks, you know, I just can't let it go. We talked about last week, right? I just can't handle anymore. I'm not good enough. All those negative soundtracks, God has given us so many amazing soundtracks, so many amazing scriptures, words of truth that replace those lies. And when we start leaning into those and reading God's word and saturating that in our minds, you walk with a different posture. You walk with a different spirit of confidence and power, but with love. And God can do amazing things through you when that takes place. I pray that that God will put a new song in your heart that he would renew your thinking, that he would renew your mind and transform each of us. That's the promise of God's word. Let's take a moment as we close in prayer. I just want you to bow your head as you close your eyes and reflect. Where do you need God's power? Where have you been afraid and timid, discouraged, doubtful? If you... Just this morning, desire for more of God's spirit to give you. Just this morning, desire for more of that courage and that power. I just want you to raise, raise your hand. Just put your hand up so we can pray this morning. I want to pray for you. This is a way of acknowledging, God, I want more of your spirit and your power and your love. I need some self-discipline right now. God, help me in that. I see our hands all over the place. God, we want that power. Maybe you're here this morning and and you say, you know, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Well, that's the beginning to that power where the Bible says Christ lives in you. If you want to receive that spirit of power, if you want to say, God, I give you my life. God, I want you to live in me. Here's my baggage. Here's the thing. God, renew that. Forgive me and set me on a new path. Fill me with your spirit. That's you this morning too. Just raise your hand. Join those that are asking for prayer this morning. 
go in that power, in that spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word, your whole word of scripture, God, that is filled with truth, that has withstood the test of time because it comes from eternity and goes to eternity. Father, all the negative voices and thoughts that corrupt our minds, that make us doubt ourselves and what's possible and what you could do through us. God, that keep us tied to our past, that keep us tied to our sin and to our failures, that keep us tied to voices that, that have spoken negatively into us that we just can't replace. God, you give us the courage and the strength to listen to your voice. Father, may we this week dream bigger. Thank God that we hold on to that promise that you can do more than we ever even would think or ask. Father, would you give and bring that spirit of power to those that need it today? God, we all do. But I pray for those specific situations, God, where power is needed, where we just don't have the strength or the energy on our own. But God, there's something in us through your spirit that just gives us the courage and the power. And Father, where we're struggling with the spirit of love in a difficult situation, God, motivate us through love and the, to, to not give up hope in the power of love to mend and to heal and to restore. Father, quite frankly, some of us lack self-discipline. Help us to know that when we struggle to make those hard decisions, God, that we lean on your spirit and say, God, no, I have the power. I have the spirit of self-discipline. Lord, would you help us so that we can do what you've called us to? God, to realize you have the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Father, we have nothing to fear. And Lord, for those here today, those in the sound of my voice, those watching, God, if any do not have a relationship with you, do not have that bond of oneness with you, knowing that they are forgiven and set free, and God, that your Holy Spirit fills them and begins to move through them. Father, today, I just pray for a new day, a day to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been forgiven. I've been set free. It's a new day. Father, we give you thanks for your amazing power that transforms us from the inside out. And Father, today we give you all our fear, all of our doubt, all of our anxiety. We ask for your courage and your newness in life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.